I'm Christy, and I believe that a career is so much more than just a job. It's an extension of your life and an expression of who you are. A career might be something you fall into, but your dream career is created, and the dream starts with you. Learn what it actually means to follow your passion, how to get unstuck for good, and how to have a meaningful career that supports your life and your soul. If your career doesn't make you feel alive, then it's not your livelihood. Welcome back to Livelihood. Today, my guest is Caitlin Ryan. She is a yoga instructor, and I specifically reached out to Caitlin because to me, she has always been so full of life and so full of passion, and I just love to see her explore all of these different passions of hers. And so I just thought she would be the perfect person to talk to about what it means to be multi-passionate and what that actually does for you. So Caitlin, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and um, how you came to where you are now in your career? Absolutely, and happy to be here. Hey. So I am a full-time yoga teacher now. Um, I've been doing that, or I started to teach um, after I got certified in 2014 in the fall. And, you know, it was definitely a journey of a lot of side hustles at first where, you know, the yoga was kind of the small thing, like the one or two classes a week, you know, when I you know started out subbing and then getting my own class. And then, you know, as I kept advancing, starting to do less and less of the other work and more and more of the yoga and then really falling into being a full-time teacher and knowing that that was my passion. Yeah, I love that. And so tell us a little bit about, because I know that you've worked with sharks yeah. and you worked at a tanning um, salon or you ran a tanning yeah. salon. So you, I just, to me, you were like this multi-passionate um, force of nature. And so I've just yeah. always seen you as that. And I, I love that. So tell us a little bit about um, your other passions that you've kind of explored in the past. It's funny. You kind of have to go back to like early on, like as a kid being obsessed with the little mermaid and starting competitive swimming at a young age. So I've always just been this water ocean lover with a slight flair for the theatrical and costumes, which evolved into me becoming a theater major in school with um, a focus in performance and writing. And when I graduated in 2006, um, I moved from Charleston, South Carolina, um, grew up on the East Coast, to San Francisco. And when I first moved out here, it was kind of the start of the last like, kind of big recession. And at first I was doing a lot of theater work, getting hired, and I was like, oh man, I'm getting paid well. And then like, everything kind of started to fall apart in that world. Like theaters were closing. I was also, with my writing background, I really wanted to get into publishing and publishing, that's when Amazon started hitting it really hard and they were doing massive layoffs. And I was also working at a, part, at a bookstore, you know, trying to, I was like, well, if I can't get into publishing and working in a bookstore, you know, I like books, I like writing, like seems like a good fit. And I just kind of like became a little lost and, Actually, I was ironically working at the bookstore when someone outside was gathering petitions for working towards the California shark fin ban. And one of my coworkers knew I was like this crazy ocean lover shark girl, came and got me and was like, this dude signed getting petitions for shark stuff. You guys should talk. And so we met and he was like, if you're serious about this ocean stuff, like come to this meeting at Chrissy Fields at the warming hut 
there's gonna be a bunch of us there. And I did. And <laughs> that kind of snowballed into me getting involved with the marine conservation scene here, volunteering a lot, kind of doing a little work on boats, but really involved with the Ocean Film Fest. And I was still kind of at a lost point. Um, and someone was like, why don't you go do this internship in South Africa working with great whites? And I was like, sure, like I'm not going anywhere else with publishing. Maybe I'll try my hand in conservation. Um, so I went to South Africa for a couple months, had a blast, did a bunch of you know ocean work with sharks, other uh, great whites, other smaller species. Um, just, you know, really loved it and then came back and started applying to conservation jobs, which ironically are also not very well paying and lot based on internships. So I was just like, well, here we are kind of still floundering. I was like, well, what are some of my other passions? Um, and I've always, there was a moment, there was a, a short moment where I almost became a personal trainer. Like I ordered all the materials and stuff, but it didn't feel quite right. And I never took the test. And I'd taken yoga in college. Um, I got introduced um, into meditation as a competitive swimmer. I had some coaches that really were big into that. And you know, just kind of always been an athlete. And I had some great teachers here in SF that kind of introduced me to the scene. And then a few people suggested it to me and they're like, well, you're feeling a little lost. Why not do a yoga teacher training? What's the worst you can do? Like, I was like, okay, you know, kind of artsy, kind of cool, kind of fitnessy, fits, checks a lot of boxes as well as kind of also the mindfulness aspect kind of tied into the ocean conservation scene, right? You kind of, people who tend to be involved in yoga care about the planet. So I did the training and kind of fell in love with it and then kind of went through some major life events. And I, it's cheesy to say that like yoga saved my life, but in a lot of ways it did. Um, it helped me through some stuff that was very difficult um, that I wouldn't have handled in the same way had I not had those tools in my toolbox. Uh, and that obviously made me fall in love with the practice more and just kind of thirsted for more knowledge and to keep doing trainings and advance my education there. And um, still doing the conservation work on the side really helped to make me feel complete. And at one point, my parents were even like, you should maybe back off the ocean stuff, like focus on your career, focused on yoga. And then I had a business coach in one of my teacher trainings say, no, lean into the, your ocean stuff. That's what makes you unique. So I got to kind of have a ha ha at my parents. Um, oh my God. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I love that. Not this hindrance of like, I have too many passions, which one should I explore? Which I think that a lot of my listeners, I know that I did this, like, I have so many passions, like, what do I choose? And I love that you have just naturally explored each one mm -hmm. um, without, um, you know, letting go of the rest. Does yeah, that make sense? Totally. And I think another thing too with it, um, that I've, I've just always kind of been a hustler, that's something ingrained for my parents had jobs at a young age, is that there's not really a job below you either. And I think sometimes I've seen people get hung up like on side hustles being like, oh, I don't wanna do retail or I don't wanna do this. Well, you never know what doors that's gonna open. My job at the bookstore connected me with my boss in kids yoga. She also had kids books. She had no idea I'd just gotten certified and she knew me through kids work at the bookstore. And I've been working for her for five years now. So wow. that retail job got me one of my best business connections. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, I think that's such, such an important point too, is that like, because you're exploring these things, the opportunities pop up. And so just like you said, you're working at the bookstore and something totally 
you know, seemingly unrelated has popped up. So is that something that you have noticed, like just those opportunities each time that you follow something that you want to do, it opens up more opportunities? Totally. It's, it's really funny. Like, yeah, the books, now that I think about it, the bookstore was also the reason I wound up in South Africa working with great whites. That's oh, wow. where the guy was. <laughs> I just yeah. had the realization. So go work at a bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> um, really, they're great people. <laughs> yeah. Um, support your local indies. Um, yeah. No, it's true. And it's kind of like, I mean, the, it's a little bit of law of attraction. And that's something that I've kind of, I think, shied away from in the past and in investing in myself. I think you get like hangups about like, you know, being frugal or just, I don't know. Um, and I think the more and more I'm kind of working towards these goals and things, the more I'm like, huh, law of attraction is kind of true. And just kind of, you know, being open to these opportunities does open more doors. Like I've wound up with so many like random jobs. Just like, oh, do you want to come out on this boat? Like, do you want to work on this or like work in events? Or I, it's just funny how things fall into place. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. So tell me a little bit about has this kind of like keeping all of your options open and keeping like exploring each option, everything that pops up. How has it helped narrow things for you? It, how has it helped narrow it? Um, has it? Well, I was just say there's, there's always pros and cons for everything. And I will say, um, I guess one of the cons is that at first you're not able, you know, yoga was still my, needed to be my, you know, main focus if I wanted to advance my career. Otherwise you kind of wind up just status quo. And I found I was kind of, there was a point where I had to start letting some of the side hustle go. And there was like kind of this risky in between um, where you're like, okay, I need to, you know, I'm not having enough time to train the way I need to train to be a better teacher. Like I'm just like the same level and keep advancing my career. I kind of did have to take a little bit of a risk and be like, okay, maybe less hours here or cutting out the side job completely and then having like a little window leap. And when I did that though, it's always paid off. Mm. I've never had it. I've never had it not, you know, there's, you know, and it's, it can be scary, you know, and I, I fortunate where I was in a place where it was risky, but like, I, I wasn't going to be like out on the streets if I like didn't click right away. Right. Um, so I did have, I did have that um, advantage, but yeah, there, I think there is that point where you have to look at it and be like, okay, hey, it's a risk and reward situation. Um, but I have, for most part, it's all been, a, you know, a reward by taking the risk. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good point too, because I think that that's a theme that comes up is like, you have to let go of something so you can move forward with something else. Definitely. Yeah. How did you, how did you notice that you needed to let go? And then how did you make that decision? Some of it was even watching some of my peers, like people I was in trainings with and other stuff, start to see the decisions and choices they were making and how they were getting hired and how their practice and their job was progressing and being like, I don't want to be left behind. Um, I'm it, it's kind of weird to say I'm not yoga is not a competitive thing, but it is more to do with like a, where I want to be in life thing, I think. And I, I am a competitive person. And when I say competitive with myself, like I like to challenge myself. Mm -hmm. So I think I, I didn't like feeling that I was getting left behind. If that makes sense. Like I was like, I want to, I want to keep advancing. Yeah. And some of that is also being able to also 
And I think it's hard too. in a lot of these different fields, there's a lot of training courses that'll try to upsell you. And there's a lot of training courses that are a lot of really expensive that you might not need. But if you do your homework, there are the ones out there that will pay off. You know, like, yeah. I think it's a little homework and be like, okay, which courses are things that, you know, I want to spend my money on that will actually help. Right. Yeah, definitely. So what did you, how, what have you learned about yourself and your career by following each of these passions? How have they um, helped your career evolve? I think it's just, I have that, it's helped me with that hustle mentality, mm -hmm. but also so many of the jobs that I've dealt with um, are people oriented. Like you're dealing directly with interaction with people and even back to like my theater training and stuff. Like I'm obviously I'm comfortable public speaking, um, which all in a situation in retail or when you're tanning someone who's pretty much naked, if not completely being able to like, you know, to like working with kids or it's just like, I can interact with people. I'm very social with it. And I think each job has helped me enhance that quality and yeah, I don't know. I think that's a great answer because I, and I love your answer because I think that it's, it's, it's really getting to the root of like why we're passionate about the things that we do. And like yours is, is helping people is connecting with people. And I think that we forget that our passions that yes, they are an interest like sharks, but it's also the interaction and that kind of yeah. like the, that in between space that we don't really think about. That's like, oh yeah, I'm excited about this because I'm working with other people who are also interested in sharks or interested in mindfulness. And, totally. and I think that, you know, I, I think a lot of people get hung up on the idea of like, oh, it has to be, it has to be like a subject. It has to be sharks or, no, art yeah. or um, fashion or, you know, whatever it is that you're quote unquote passionate about. Um, but I yeah. think that is such an important point that, that, that value, that connection with other people is really important. I used to joke when I was still doing the spray tanning that I make people feel good in different ways too. I was like, I make them feel good with a tan or Reiki and a body wrap, or I'm making them feel good on the mat with yoga. Um, yeah. It's, it's enhancing people's lives or experience um and then it's funny too like at the yoga studios if anyone has an ocean question or if there's ocean events like there's students of mine that want to keep stay updated or they've come to ocean events like i cross promote both places my ocean people know i'm a yoga teacher and i've come to stuff so it's you know very much a tribe of like-minded people in some ways and yeah i wouldn't have had like all the connections through the different communities had i not tried all these different things. Yeah, I love that. And you've mentioned a couple of times about like how you kind of integrate your your passions with what you do now. How do you kind of how do you fit those all together? Hmm. Like fit them. Well, besides all my a lot of my yoga clothes having ocean animals on them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean that's I, one way, right? Like how do you keep those passions alive so that you're you know you you're you're multi-passionate but you're not again you're not just pigeonholing yourself into yoga yeah. you're still kind of integrating that into your identity and um, oh, totally. you know what people know you for because that's like when i think of caitlin i think of <laughs> sharks and i think of sequins <laughs> yeah i mean i still there's still the theater kid in me it's funny like when i go to ocean events they usually know that i'm going to be in like a funky ocean costume or something like oh 
not like maybe over the top to some people, but yeah, like sequency or shiny, you know, I might be the ocean film. I still like volunteer. I love volunteering with the ocean film fest. Um, I find other ways I'm, I'm part of, um, you know, swim in the Bay here. So there's a great swimmer, summer community. So, and I just, yeah. And find ways to talk about it and bring it into my daily life. And like when my parents tried to say, maybe step back from the ocean stuff, I was like, no, well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to be complying for jobs in that field. But when the opportunity arises or I see, I can see myself, there's definitely, you know, pre-COVID, there was some citizen science programs, you know, you go for a couple of weeks. It's like a vacation where you can like help assist, like you might do some whale shark tagging or photos or something. Um, so I'm still like looking at stuff like that um, just because I'm a full-time yoga teacher now and I don't side, you know, I still think it's important to carry those pieces, right? Because it is what, yeah. what makes me me. Yeah, totally. I, I think that, yeah, I definitely think that our passions are, they're just what makes us who we are. And it's, it makes us interesting. It makes our lives rich. It makes, it gives us character. Yeah. And I love that you still make it part of your life even though it's not necessarily like the job that you yeah do, but it's still very much alive and well and the theater kid in me still likes you know dress up and go to events and stuff like that and i it was if i didn't have those things and i just did yoga like yoga 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 i mean that's my lifestyle i'm only doing yogi consider yoga considered things i i would burn out yeah, I think I would absolutely, I'd burn out my body. I'd burn out my mind. I mean, you can, you can almost go too into it sometimes where, and I think this happens a lot in the wellness community in general, where you become almost too isolated and in a little bubble and you kind of yes. can lose touch. You can lose touch. I've seen it. We've all seen it. Um, and so I think like they help keep me sane and keep me from burnout and keep me in touch with like, because you get different opinions and you get people from different walks of life. And I really think it's important to surround yourself with a variety of people, variety of ages. That's one thing that's great about the ocean scene or a lot of those scenes, the yoga scene, it's a lot of all ages. Um, and then I also think it's important, even though I'm like full-time yoga teaching now, um, and, and it ties together with yoga, but I've, I'm, my new thing now is I'm getting into sound healing with the singing bowls. So that ties into, I, that. I think, and a part my theatrical side, you know, my love of music and events. Um, and it's something I'm incorporating with my yoga practice, but I plan on doing trainings in that. And that's also kind of another passion. And maybe I'll do some events that are only sound bowls someday, you know, not just the yoga. So I think, yeah, you can always keep growing. You can keep adding new side passions and projects. Yeah. I a teacher now. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. That is, I think, so important to, to know and remember is like, again, like we get so obsessed with like, what's my passion as if there's only one passion and you're totally right. It's like people go into, they follow a passion that they, an interest that they're passionate about. And then it's almost like they beat it to death and they totally burn out on, on it. And then mm -hmm. what they do is they think they, they make that mean that they were never passionate about it in the beginning. And it's yeah. like, you just put so much pressure on it. You know, like I always relate um, career stuff, like your career passion to a relationship, you know, mm -hmm. if you go on a date with someone in the first date, you're like kind of interested. And then you're like, okay, I love you. Let's get married. Let's do this. Like that <laughs> relationship would die instantly. Yeah. So, like your passion is the same way where it's like, you kind of have to cultivate 
this relationship with it and you put too much pressure on it, you're totally going to burn out. And I, I told it, and I've, I've been there too, where it's like, you get so focused on, you know, the one thing like career coaching, because you're like, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do. And it, it does, it's easy to get burnt out. And so you kind of have to like take a step back and being like, oh yeah, I'm also creative. I'm also an artist. I also love doing all these things in this nature stuff. And this is what makes me, me. And just like you said, you know, it keeps you, it keeps you interested. It keeps you alive and, and, um, makes it interesting. Yeah. And I mean, even if you're working like an office job, like if you're just putting it, if you're not allocating, it's like social time. Like, I think it's just like we allocate time for like hanging with our friends and we need to allocate time for hanging with our passions or figuring it out. If you're not sure, trying new things. Um, but I think we don't, we barely give ourselves time to work out, to see and meet our friends, to keep, you know, just general day-to-day things in check appointments and whatever that like allocating time for passions and side things like how many undiscovered side hustles or just even hobbies are left undiscovered yeah oh my gosh because we overwork ourselves so much right yeah and there's so much pressure to to pick this one passion that we forget about the play in it where it's like you know when you're kids you just are always you're playing with the finger paints and you're playing on the playground and you're doing all sorts of things and it's like all of a sudden we're in adulthood and it's like we're supposed to pick this one passion and that just seems like totally bonkers to me now yeah and how many people with one passion try it and then that's it they're like okay there's no passions out there right <laughs> yeah try anything else i mean it happens Totally. And then it's like, it's so funny because it gets into this, this realm where it's like, I have too many passions, but I also have no passion at all. Yeah. Oh, and then, yeah, you can also have too many things and, and that's, you know, I can get that way too. That's a, that's a challenge. I'm, I'm very highly ADHD, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not surprisingly. Um, but also why this kind of career model works very well for people like me. Um, Cause you can combine when you, cause you do have a lot of interest and it's a nice way to kind of combine it. So it is also therapeutic for me, but yeah. yeah I, but you, I, go ahead. Sorry. It's just that I think when you do choose to do something like you can try a bunch of different things, but when you are doing the one thing, be really present with that thing and don't just flaky try it. Like let yourself dive in for a little while before you give up on it or try something new. So I think it's like, you have to give stuff, a, a decent amount of time to really dive in um, before giving up. But yeah, but yeah. also keep not too, you know, you don't want to try 20 things at once, but right. Yeah. That's another type of burnout. Right. Yeah. And so, and you just mentioned something that I think is, is really big is this works for me, like this lifestyle, this, this kind of exploration mm-hmm. of what I want to do and what I'm passionate about works for me. Tell us, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, Besides the risk and just the multi-passion, um, just the structure of it and the way I learn, and I think my creative side, I really need to be able to flex those muscles. And, you know, yoga is a great way for me. And I know I have some, like, type A family and friends and stuff that need absolute structure. They need to know they're at a nine to five or whatever hours, but it's set. They're there these days, that day. It might, you know, it doesn't change daily. And that's fine. Not everyone necessarily wants to be nomadic not everyone wants their days to change or you know be kind of all over the place you know some days you're working a whole lot some days less um for me i kind of thrive in the 
and the change up, like having days that are lighter, days that are heavier, kind of making my own schedule um, is helpful. I thrive in that. Um, but yeah, there are people who want more structure and that's totally fine too. It's just learning what works for you. And I think people who might not realize that maybe are trying to force themselves into a structured job world that maybe if they went outside the box, they'd be better off. And it goes both ways. Yeah, definitely. How did you figure that out for yourself? Because I know that <laughs> I think that the idea of like the nine to five structure is like the successful way of living, or that's just kind of what we're taught. Because even when you go out, out on your own and maybe start your own business, you still kind of get in the habit of having that like nine to five schedule. So how did you, how did you know that this was the way you worked and that this was the best way for you to, to show up? I'm, you know, that's a good question. Cause I'm not entirely sure because I've never actually had other than office work kind of in the bookstore, which was still pretty like come and go. Um, I have never worked like a fully structured office job. Uh, I think, I mean, even in college when I was a theater major, I was also bartending. Um, in high school, I had different jobs. So I think I've just always had this mentality of being different places. I don't think there was, I don't think I've ever, I think, you know, and my, when I was younger, sometimes like, and I think too, maybe before the recession, you know, started hitting in like what, 2007, eight, whatever that time was when I was getting out of college, I think in my head because of movies, I was like, oh, I'll graduate school and I'll get an office job and it'll all just fall into place. And, you know, I'll wear the office clothes. I remember graduating college and buying office clothes for like interviews that I never, for jobs I never got and never wore them. And just cause I thought that's what was supposed to happen. And then I think when it didn't, I started to being like, oh, so maybe kind of like how I was feeling before, you know, I was trying to put myself in a place or in a job that wasn't meant for me anyways. So why try to force that? So yeah. I think it was, just, I think it was mostly, I, I probably, you know, was trying, especially when I was trying to get into publishing or just applying for random like office jobs, but it just happened to be the recession. That was more of a blessing that I didn't get them because I was the, probably would have forced myself into that role. And who knows, you know, I wouldn't have had a lot of the opportunities and experiences had I worked that regular job and who knows what kind of burnout I would have hit because it doesn't fit me. Yeah, totally. I, I feel like I had the same experience of the idea of like, I'm going to graduate college and, and get an office job and everything's going to be great. My trajectory will be a straight line up. <laughs> and then it yeah. wasn't like that at all, especially with the recession. And, yeah. and I love that you have kind of taken this, this experience of yours and you're like, well, this is just like what works for me and you figured it out. And it, it almost like, it sounds like it hasn't even been something that you've put much, not, I don't want to say put much thought into, but it just comes intuitively to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point, like, I don't even consider it. I will say I was, I don't even consider it an option. I will say I have, and it gets tough, like, especially becoming a full-time teacher, having gone through some injuries this past year, there is a lot of questioning and a lot of breakdowns, a lot of calls to my parents being like, did I make the right choice? You know, what am I doing? Am I a real person? And I know we've talked about it before, especially in San Francisco or major cities where I've often got like, when people ask me what I do and I tell them I'm a yoga teacher, they're like, okay, but what's your real job? So there's been a bit of like, do I have a real job? Am I a real person? Like questioning and doubt. There's still a lot of that. And I still work against that. And, you know, I dealt with imposter syndrome as a teacher for a while. 
but I think it's just pushing through it. And then just deep down in my heart, knowing that I'm on, you know, and then I'll have these aha moments where I'm reminded when I have a student, you know, that I've helped with something or working with kids can be so rewarding. And I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Um, And then those moments make all the doubt go away. Mm, But you do have your doubt. I love that. You're giving me chills right now because I think that's, (laughs) that is, that is the biggest, you know, having your why you have such a clear why to you that really hits deep in your soul. And, you know, I think that is that a little bit of that passion and that purpose and, and to have that, that really strong why for yourself, like when those times do come up where someone doubts you, who is in the nine to five in the the kind of traditional job that we've all been taught is the successful way to be, um, to, to check yourself, you know, and, and come back to you and live true to yourself, not to someone else's opinion. And I've been going through this for forever. I remember being at one of my cousin's weddings and um, my cousin's mom uh, was like, who was a little distance from the family, that, that side of the family. I didn't really know. Um, it was when I was in college and she was like, uh, oh, what are you doing? What are you studying? You know, it was my cousin's wedding up at Yale. So it was already I was like oh I'm a theater major and she jokingly was like oh you're gonna be a waitress the rest of your life oh my gosh yeah. like in front of my parents too oh, and like, yeah, she, like yeah like that was the whole thing but like so I think I've kind of been dealing with this for a long time and it's you know as much as it bothers me it's also toughened my skin a little bit because I'm like and and but also so also that's also putting people so what if I'm a waiter my whole life what if that's what I choose yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just, you know, one of those remarks and I feel like, and then being an SF in the tech, you know, having so much tech or, you know, having that same kind of, and I think I've just been dealing with it for so long that like, yeah, I don't consider, consider it that much anymore of an issue. Yeah. And I think that it, it's interesting because I think that those people's opinions, like that's what, when, when people are going after their dream job and they you know, like for me, I had a great job at the Academy and it was it was, it was solid. It had upward trajectory and it was, it was a very great job on paper. And when I was giving it up, I think people thought I was crazy. They probably still think I'm crazy. And so it's, it is all those people, like what those people, it's a very um, interesting look into their minds, but it kind of hits up against our fears about going against the grain of society and having these these careers and these jobs that are maybe not so traditional, but they're way more fulfilling to us. But yeah, it's, and what it's if no one took risks? Yeah, what if no one took risks? Right? That's you know, exactly. being a theater major or being, you know, leaving a job that you're comfortable in or going on a different path. Like if no one took those risks and everyone played it safe, where would we be? What yeah. artists, you know, we think about artists, creators, ins- inspiration, like anything, it would be pretty bland out there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And, and the risk, how do you, I mean, how, how do you yeah. kind of um, deal with that? Oh, uh, um, I think knowing, I don't know. Again, I freak out often, but I think that when I say freak out too, it's almost in a good way. It's like a motivating way sometimes. Um, I think I know because if I fail, I can pivot to something else because I've tried so many damn things. Um, so let's say just something with yoga just fell apart someday, or I don't know. I, 
okay, what else can I do? Do I go buy my own spray tanning setup? Do I go back to old jobs? Do I try something new? And I think it's just knowing that like, I'm, I can hustle and do something else. I love that. I think that's, yeah. It's like, okay, it doesn't work out. Great. What's next? Yes. And, and I think people get stuck in the failures or they get stuck with like not taking jobs below them or whatever it is. Um, or yeah. afraid of the failure. I think that that's mm-hmm. a really big one is that, I mean, I just, I love your mindset about failure because that is truly like an, the entrepreneurial mindset. And like, if you want to go do anything with your life, even if you want to move up at the job that you're already in, like you have to be willing to fail and you have to be, you have to know that you can be resilient and learn from that failure and not see it as like, you know, the end of the world. It's just, this is the cross roads to my next step. And then what are you going to do? So I love that you have that mindset. And I think that's such an important thing to share with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, just having, I think I'm I'm fortunate. My parents taught me like a good work ethic at a young age. Um, You know, when showing up, even if you're not happy in the job that you're at at the moment, like you still do it. You still put your best foot forward and you know, we don't get salty about it and just, yeah, being comfortable with knowing you're going to be okay. Like, yeah, you lose a job or you take a risk. It doesn't work out, but you can cry. You can have your days of crying. You can have your freak out, but then you got to pick yourself up at some point. Yes. I, I love that. And we've all been there. I feel like, I mean, there's no risk without, or there's no reward without the risk. And I feel like there's no dream job without a little bit of crying. Oh, Oh yeah, a little bit, a lot of crying. Maybe a lot, yeah. It's funny. There's a there's a lot of crying on the mat in yoga. There's always there's so much we joke about that a lot. It's such a safe space to cry, and I'm very grateful for it. Yes. Oh my gosh, and it's cathartic. It gets it out, and it's just you know it's part of the process. And the more you see it as part of the process, the more you're like, all right, well, I welcome these tears. I welcome the release of this because it's hard. It can be hard, but it's always so rewarding. I mean, in my opinion, definitely, definitely. Okay. So I have two questions, two last questions for you. Tell us what is the best part of living true to yourself and choosing the career that aligns with you? I mean, the best part is I think my level of happiness with it. Um, it's seen, and I don't even think I realize it sometimes. Um, obviously things have been a little crazy with COVID and everything else. My, my industry was turned upside down, but in general, I don't even think I realize how happy I am till I see how miserable some of my peers are at other jobs that don't fulfill them, that haven't found their dharma. And I'm like, oh man, that stinks for you guys. I'm, you know, kicking it, doing my thing. Um, I think it helps me so much. It helps my mental health too. Like, I don't think I could live inauthentically. I think I'd be a sadder, angrier person. I, I've learned that through my yoga teacher trainings um, when I was a very different person before, um, carried a lot around. And yeah, I just, I don't think there's another way for me. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that's a good way of looking back and checking yourself of like, even when it gets hard with what you're doing and you have to be resilient and there might be failures to look at your life and be like, Oh, I am actually happy. And I can see that I'm creating my happiness. Cause I feel like, you know, life is 50, 50. And even when you have your dream job, even when you have the dream life, there's still going to be shit. There's nothing, yeah. nothing is perfect, 
but to know that you are true to yourself, that just makes it, I think so much more rewarding. And I'll tell you recently having like, just going back to in-person teaching. Cause you know, we all hit Zoom fatigue and stuff, but like the other day, and you know, it's been hard because going back, it's been slow opening or whatever. But the other day when I actually had, you know, multiple people in the class, I, I was like, oh my gosh, it feels, this is why I do what I do to be in-person teaching again. You fall back in love with the practice. You'll have your moments and not just because of COVID, but I've had these other points, you know, over the past few years you fall out of love and then you have again those aha moments where you keep falling back in love with your job and if you're not you don't have those moments then why are you do then I think you need to analyze why you're doing what you're doing because yeah like you just said like we all have our parts in our work where it's going to be hard and gritty but if you never have those aha moments where you're like oh I just love this this feels so good then yeah you need to maybe question what you're doing yes totally I 100% agree okay tell us what would you share with, what's one thing you would share with people out there who have multiple passions? Ooh, I mean, you want to tell the people to be able to like stick with them all, right? You love in an ideal world. I think you do have to take some realistic looks in life. Like, yes, I want to save all the sea critters and ocean stuff, but if I'm struggling and scrapping to get by and it's not what, you know, I can really make a career in, then that doesn't do any good. But realistically, we know when I sat down, it's like, okay, what can I make work? And then figure out how to incorporate your passions. So there is, you know, it does sound very idealistic, but you do have to take some realistic looks in it, right? Yes. yes. So I, I think that, and then you figure out how to fit the pieces of the other stuff. And, and it might take time. It might not be right away. You might have to focus on one thing for a while, but you'll learn how to keep incorporating it. Yes. I, I love that. That is such good advice because I don't, I think there is this kind of misconception that it's like, follow your passion and the money will follow. And you do have to be a little bit realistic about, okay, what can I make work? What is a realistic job, but what can mm -hmm. I also be excited about? So I, I think that's just great advice. I love that. Yeah. Okay. I am mm -hmm. so glad that we had this conversation. I want to talk more. I feel like we could just go on forever. <laughs> about this stuff but tell us where people can find you so they can connect with you yeah definitely so i am on instagram as sharky sugar sharky with a y then just sugar and also at caitlin's moxie caitlin's and then underscore moxie so my main yoga studio is moxie yoga in ss i'm a lead teacher there um you can also find me at glow yoga um that's where i'm starting to do some of my sound healing stuff with yoga I'm at Studio Mix, um, and then I teach for It's Yoga Kids, a great SF company that I've worked for. We do, you know, go into schools and do different programs, but also do private stuff as well. So lots of fun. I love that. Awesome. And Website I'll put soon, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll put links in the show notes and everything so people can find you easily. Awesome. So thank you so much, Caitlin, for being thank here. You. I just love talking to you. And Same. yeah. Thanks for having me. I loved that conversation. And I think my biggest takeaways are being multi-passionate doesn't mean that you have to follow one passion. And it actually means you have so many different options. It means that you have resiliency because you have these options to follow. And being multi-passionate doesn't mean that you always have to pick one. In fact, 
having multiple passions is what makes you a unique individual and what makes your dream career a unique experience. So I want to hear what your biggest takeaways are. What did you learn about your passions? Maybe you're struggling with being multi-passionate and not being able to choose a passion. Maybe you don't have any passion. What is it? Come over to Instagram and share your takeaways. I want to hear what resonated with you. And if you're interested, I have a four day training on how to set real career goals that you can take action on. If that sounds like something that sounds interesting to you, go to christytowns.com and sign up for the four day career goal training. And check out the show notes for more information on Kaylin Ryan's yoga. Those will be in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week. Thank you.